When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Thursday. It's Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you. Numbers to get in, 489-1240, 489-1240. Toll free across the state, 1-800-825-5865, wherever you hear us on the Hale Varsity Radio Network. Central Nebraska, Lincoln, Omaha, Columbus, uh, excited to be with you here as Uh, More and more waiting taking place for Husker Nation. Waiting on a Final Four tonight against Pitt. If you're a Nebraska volleyball fan, and most of you are, waiting on the arrival of Dylan Raiola for his official visit tomorrow, and then waiting on any more portal or signing day news before we get to that finish line or the imaginary finish line that is Wednesday the 20th. We shall see. Can email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Always uh, take your comments in the stream. The Hail Varsity YouTube channel is how you watch the show. can also follow us on Twitter at HVarsityRadio and uh, catch the show that way. Anthony Sargent, come on, Don. You are first. We are giving roll call, roll call again. Uh, Dion, Elijah, the... Uh, normal crew is in. Excited for that. Elijah, how's your day? Good to see you, brother. Uh, pulling double duty. Good to hear you this morning with Ravi on Herd at Sports. And your sleeves are rolled up. I assume. I assume you're just hot in the studio. That's why you're using the door to, to create a fan. It is always like 85 degrees that's, in that's here. That's fine. And it's because of both the machinery and the fact that I've been hitting the gym. That Look at you. Freaking you, hot. You are, what is, it's the gun <laughs> show. No, but in all seriousness, it's been a bit of a busy day for me personally, but it's also been a day that I feel like Husker Nation can kind of exhale a little bit after the past three days. It's We've been so spoiled for things to talk about, Schmitty, that it's just been a, a day of almost slow in comparison uh, to what we've seen Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So today's just a day to exhale, catch our breath. Sounds like Dylan Ryle is going to be in town tomorrow, so I'm sure the news cycle picks back up tomorrow. And for all I know, now that I've said this, we're probably going to get just breaking news after breaking news after breaking news in the past two hours, which would be great for uh, the listeners and the Husker fans everywhere, we can assume, based on what that breaking news would be. Uh, not that I know what that would be, but it's always uh, some news is better than no news, except on a day like today when it just feels like a good day to exhale and let's collect ourselves before a busy weekend. Yeah, and and we have some thoughts and specifically the, the topic of uh, plan A and, and plan B, okay? And, and right now, Nebraska's plan A and plan B and plan C 
uh, all point to a phenomenal prospect and quarterback in Dylan Raiola. Uh, that is how things are, are, are shaping up. Obviously, you got to close if you're Nebraska this weekend with him. Uh, what are the contingencies with Dylan Raiola? What I mean by that is, is, is Dylan Raiola in his 12th hour peer recruitment able to bring some more talent, some additional talent to Nebraska in this 2024 recruiting class? And the two names you hear about that uh, are so closely tied with Dylan Raiola. Uh, of course, he had Baker, the offensive tackle, Wingo, the stud wide receiver, uh, Frazier, the running back. Those are the, the big three high-level, high-profile prospects in this class, along, of course, with Dylan Raiola. I'm sure there's constant communication with uh, what's going on. And uh, you have Ma- Brian checking in if Raiola commits like many expect he will. Does he automatically make – does that make him quarterback number one? I don't see – Matt Rule just handing out starting jobs. Now, you can come back and say, well, Schmidt, what's up with Sims? Well, I think from what they saw in spring, uh, they liked Sims and they liked his experience level. You don't have tape of Dylan Raiola in college. You have tape of Dylan Raiola playing at uh, high-level football in Buford, Georgia. You have tape of Dylan Raiola playing um, high-level football in, in Arizona, and, and also the Texas. So what you do have is a, a starting point and a list of uh, accomplishments from not only the Elite 11, but also the recruiting analysts. I mean, take that for what it's worth. And I'm not, I'm not jabbing anybody. I'm just saying there, there's too many smart people that say this kid is an elite prospect. There's too many uh, people within the Riola family that have worked with Dylan uh, that that have put time in and seen something in this kid uh, to say, listen, there's uh, a really good starting point with him. What I'm getting to, Elijah, is it, does, does he get given the starting job? I don't believe that's how things work with Matt Rule. Is he talented enough to get a really good opportunity at it? Yes, absolutely. If things go to hell in a handbasket this weekend – what is plan B? Is it Danny Kalen still? Uh, we'll get to what his weekend looks like in a little bit. Uh, you still have Chubba Herp Purdy and, and Heinrich Harburg. Um, it's fair to say, and, and a nice way to put it is, Dylan Raiola is, is uber talented, not talented enough at playing the quarterback position that he gives you a really good shot to win next year uh, at a better level than what quarterback play you got this season. And that is a reality. I'm willing to say that. That's okay. And that's just something you're going to have to live with as a Nebraska fan, some of the ups and downs if things proceed. If you get Dylan Raiola to say yes, if you get Dylan Raiola to show uh, a confidence level to handle this offense, fast-forwarding, of course, into spring and then into this 2024 fall season. So that's how it's shaping up. The initial thought was you get your, your, your portal experience, that's your quarterback, and then uh, you let Raiola and the portal guy fight it out along with Chuba if he's still around, and, and then the, may the best man win, and that's who you move forward with. But 
uh, things don't always go that smoothly because of the injury situation. Uh, you and I were both chirping last night. Casey Thompson is back in town. Is Casey Thompson back in town for rehab? Is Casey Thompson back in town to see old buddies? Is Casey Thompson back in town to pursue uh, a doctorate? Uh, so all three can be true. Uh, I don't know if Casey Thompson is uh, going to use that seventh year of eligibility, if he would use that at Nebraska, but That'd be kind of cool <laughs> if Nebraska has Casey Thompson as an option for their quarterback room. There's a lot of things that are moving. It's a fluid situation for sure. And Nebraska right now needs to put their best foot forward and close on a guy like Dylan Raiola that can really take this program to the next level because of his talent, because of what he can bring to the offense, because of what your schedule looks like early on in 2024 to ease in a true freshman quarterback, presumably. And, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, along with that schedule, you've got a rock star defense coming back. So it could work out if you decide to play a freshman quarterback. Matt Rule's been chasing this guy from day one. Yeah, that he has. That he has. And Schmitty, just if you go and read the tea leaves, kind of similar to what we said yesterday, not going to say nothing's official until it's official. But I think you have good reason to feel good about Dylan Raiola once he's in town tomorrow. You have good reason to, to feel good about that situation. And now the other rumor becomes, who can he bring along with him? The name of the day feels like Desmond uh, Demas, the transfer from Texas A&M and now Garden City Community College. I have my doubts about his fit with Nebraska, both from a culture standpoint and from a, an eligibility standpoint. We will see with that one. He claims that he's going to be in town this weekend, so uh, that's, a, that's a name to follow there you also have baker rumors swirling about him i told yesterday about wingo that's maybe where the the next point of discussion becomes is there going to be more that follow dylan rilo within the next couple of days and i'm not willing to say yes or no on that particular one right now but i do feel like you do have efforts from nebraska to try to make those those possibilities a reality and we'll see where those go as it stands right now but again it feels like we're almost in the same spot that we were whenever we closed the show last night at 6 p.m schmitty that there is uh a good feeling about Ryle and what he brings to your football team assuming he is the guy and that, that is an assumption as it stands right now but as dion said in the chat just a little bit earlier uh Dylan does a lot of things that college quarterbacks can't do at this point in time. So I don't think you can put down Dylan as a starter right now, but that is something to to note. Like you look at his his college highlights, that, that guy does a lot of things that not only Nebraska's quarterbacks can't do, but a lot of college quarterbacks across the country can't do. And how does that translate up to Division One Big Ten football? That remains to be seen. But I think you feel good, and I think Matt Rule and his company feel good. If they're not getting Kyle McCord, you have to assume that they feel good about Dylan Ryle and what he brings to a football team in terms of being your guy starting next season. Well, and the the thing is, is it's it's a risk. Anytime somebody's anytime anytime somebody comes from high school to college, it's it's okay to wonder about transition. It's okay to wonder about can you handle the bright lights, the mental part, can you handle the physical part, and from a a stability standpoint, listen, there's lots of programs that, that go with, with freshmen and, and some have worked out. 
you know what the difference is, and this is the, the real hard look. Where is the program at when it comes to supporting cast? Mm. And I don't have a better way to put it than say supporting cast. Uh, supporting cast is your offensive line. Supporting cast is your receiving core. Uh, supporting cast is that running back room. Supporting cast is your defense and special teams. It's the three phases. You're one guy as a quarterback. And Sam Howell from Trevor Lawrence, Tommy Frazier, Jalen Hurts. Those are some guys that have done and performed pretty well as we were huddling up here this morning about what you know we, we kind of looked at some freshman quarterbacks and uh, said okay uh, from guy had Nick Chubb and Gurley <laughs> to hand off to Tommy Frazier incredible incredible mentality to go with that talent but also had uh, phenomenal offense and defense in 1992 a top 10 football team same with Trevor Lawrence so can you handle the moment? Because you've got the rest of the pieces around you. Jalen Hurts, Bama's Bama, especially when he rolls in there. All right? Uh, so a little different situation for Dylan Raiola. Not that Nebraska couldn't be a top 20 team or even be a preseason top 20 team next year with this defense returning, with a lot of experience returning on the offensive line and a receiving core that got more than their feet wet last year as true freshmen. So, listen, there's some experience on this football team, and there's some really good experience on the defensive side of this football team. We're just projecting what happens if and when you drop in a true freshman at quarterback. What's the outlook look like? And and you're going to have ups and downs with freshmen, but if you don't put too much on his plate and you let him grow and groom into it on top of the confidence arrow going up, not sideways or down – then it can be okay. We've laid out some names where it was okay, but, man, they had some some really good talent around them. You were national championship or, or top 10 good. I don't know if Nebraska as a, as a team is there yet. Now, the question is, maybe they were. They were just a quarterback away from being that. But let's, let's lay this out here. With eight returning members of the defense, you feel good about what that group is going to be next year, assuming there's more development that has done this offseason. That group lowers the floor significantly for what you need from your offense. I mean, we're talking 24 points a game offensively. Is that a fair number where you think Nebraska is going to have a pretty good season if the offense kept up 24 points? I feel good about the defense's chances of keeping a lot of opponents below that 24 points per game mark next season. As long as you don't turn the football over. Turn the football over. But we're talking about this word gets thrown around willy-nilly sometimes, and I apologize for using it. It's not the perfect word to use in this situation. But whenever you look at Dylan Raiola, generational is the first word that comes to mind. Again, that, not, word, gets not thrown, wrong. that word gets thrown around way too much because you think of generation, you think of once in a generation, a guy that comes once every 20-ish years. That's a, a, a big label to put on a guy like Dylan Raiola, but it's the closest thing that comes to mind with his pedigree. I mean... The, his history, John Kitna, Matt Stafford, the NFL-type people that have been coaching him up from a young age. That's the first word that comes to mind. And whenever you think of a generational-type talent, even if the, the talent that he has in the offense isn't as good as, say, your Bamas or your Georgias or your USCs of the world, 24 points per game is not a huge ask from a guy like that. It's, it's one more touchdown than they've been scoring. Exactly. Exactly. It's one, it's one less turnover that turns into a drive where there's points. Give that guy a competent running game, development of some wide receivers. Maybe you get a, a Juco piece, a transfer portal wide receiver piece, a freshman wide receiver piece, whatever that is. 
you feel good about Nebraska's chances with a guy like Dylan Ryle to get one more touchdown a game. And that's what we're talking about right now. It's that defense I think you have to really look at as being the complementary piece to what this team could be next season for Dylan Ryle because of how they lower the ceiling for what would be needed for him next year. Take care of the ball, hand it off, really make him pay on play action, and whenever you do have to drop back and throw and you find yourself from behind, show the world what you are. If you can do that, I feel good about what Nebraska can be next season. You know what I feel good about? I feel good about Dylan Raiola behind center completing a pass to an open wide receiver because he's able to go through his progressions. And that's a lot of this, where Nebraska early in ball games had a little more flow, at least when Chubba was in, and they were able to complete some some nice shock plays, right? Some gash plays. Uh, we'll talk more. Brandon Vogel joins us from Counter Reed, Hale Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager. We'll catch up with longtime Nebraska assistant Ron Brown next hour. Tis the season, right? As uh, you've got portal, you've got recruiting, you've got uh, playoff, uh, a ton going on. Brandon Vogel, Counter Reed with us. As a reminder about your friends at Dyer Law, workers' compensation, confused about the options for workers' compensation, put your trust in the team at Dyer Law to help ensure that your rights are protected and you get the settlement you deserve. Call Dyer Law today, 402-393-7529, or visit Dyer.Law to chat with a trusted professional about workers' comp. Dyer.Law, Dyer.Law. Vogues, you are hunkered in the football office Got your recruiting hat on, man. How are we doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys? We are good. We are going to hammer the Dylan Riola visit, and we're going to absolutely hammer Husker Volleyball v. Pitt. Of course, Brandon Vogel wrote Dream Like a Champion with the National Volleyball Coach of the Year, John Cook. So we'll get both of those hit. But, Vogues, we were kind of chewing on plan A and B uh, right now with no McCord and maybe no Kalen, your plan A is Raiola. Uh, your thoughts and reaction at that plan A uh, presumably wins a starting job. Playing as a true freshman in the Big Ten, uh, that's Nebraska's potential situation at quarterback next year. Yeah, um, I don't think it's it, it beats the alternative. So I'd break it down this way. I think there are three potential avenues here. Um, and with that said, like, I think, you know, most people out there, like most people out there, I feel good about this, this Raiola visit. Like, you know, if, if Nebraska can get him, okay. So assuming that's the case, well, not even assuming that three scenarios, lowest on the list, Nebraska, something falls apart during this visit. Doesn't happen. Nebraska goes into next season. And there's a long time to go before then with basically the QBs it has on the roster now. Um, suboptimal. B would be you get Riola, and that's what you got. You got the QBs on the roster plus Riola. Option A, which would still be at the top of the list for me and I think is important, would be you have Riola, and you're also still looking in the transfer portal, portal for somebody who is not Kyle McCord, but um, – something that gives you a little bit of experience. A Casey Thompson. Of, uh, um, <laughs> yeah. I, he, 
he was he was in Lincoln. We can't we can't deny that. He, he's still uh, in Lincoln. <laughs> okay, well, get him on the show. Have you tried to have you reached out? See, I, I have not called. Today? I have not called Charles recently. No, but but maybe we can uh-huh. talk to Charles tomorrow. The the option A it seems. I mean, it's going to be hard to pull off at this point. You know, the other two quarterbacks who haven't committed elsewhere, Nebraska is linked to um, Cam Ward and Will Howard. Are are will will Rod will Howard will Howard will Howard um, yes <laughs> um, are, are you know they can go anywhere like so that's going to be a tough one like does Nebraska get back into the transfer market with with that piece of it to to your original question though um, let's say it's it's Riola and what you have on the roster presumably you know there, there's a long time to go before before next fall and see what that makeup looks like. Since 2018, there've been 25 star quarterbacks. There's been one that's basically been the day one starter. And that was JT Daniels in 2018. Mm. Trevor Lawrence was like in the mix that same season and kind of took over that job in, in uh, after I think about three or four games at Clemson and was great. Um, top 10 QBR, like, the Trevor Lawrence we saw his entire college career and now see in the NFL. Dante Moore at UCLA, who's currently in the transfer portal, was kind of that, minus like some Chip Kelly mental jujitsu where he was the starter, but not the starter sometimes. And it kept going, it kept going back and forth. So that's what you got. You got three out of 20 guys of the best quarterbacks in the country. And those five stars, JT Daniels kind of being an exception, tend to pan out. You've got a handful of other guys like Cade Klubnick at, at Clemson, um, Connor Wegman at AM, uh, Caleb Williams at OU, who kind of took over those jobs eventually in their true freshman season. But like putting the, the starter tag on a true freshman, no matter how good they are, at the top of the top, it doesn't happen very often. But Brandon, I mean, there's a lot of guys, though, that may not have gotten it in your mind. You kind of alluded to it at the end, but they eventually worked into that starting role. And like the, the one that comes to top of mind you didn't mention is Tua. And he didn't get that opportunity until the college football playoff, but he steps in and performs really, really admirably. I know Quinn Ewers is a bit of an exception because he reclassified, but then he comes back down to Texas and what would have been his true freshman year and takes over the starting role there and does really, really well. So I, I think there's... There is a slight difference between being the guy from the day you first step foot on campus and the guy who wins the job. But traditionally, with these five-star high-level quarterbacks, once you do get on the field, you don't let go of the reins of that starting job very often. No, you don't. Um, and I mean, and, and the JT Daniels example is is kind of a good one. You know, he's the only one of all of the quarterbacks that we just mentioned and all the guys you just mentioned, Elijah, that was like, yep, game one, we're going with the true freshman. Uh, it's like the second time it had ever happened in USC history, I think. And he was he was okay. I wrote it down somewhere. I think, yeah, 14 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 59% completion. As a true freshman at USC, that team went 5-7. and seven. Well, what happened to JT Daniels after that? He went to Georgia. He went to West Virginia. He finished his career at Rice. And so it goes. Um, so, I mean, it's just like, like I said, I think – the differentiation for me is like it beats the alternative probably like if you let's let's say Royal signs and and that's what Nebraska has 
Like, do you go into the year thinking, yeah, Chubby's Chubba Purdy or Heinrich Harburg is is maybe your starter and Raiola's going to be there and you've got some time for him to, like, just make it obvious that he's the guy. Maybe you do. Um, I feel better about that option. Um, I, I mean, it, it's a little bit of kind of magical thinking, uh, like the scenario that we thought early in the week where, okay, maybe you get a Kyle McCord who gives you one bridge year and Raiola can just take his time. It's the Arch Manning model. And um, that, was, that was a luxury. That was always a luxury. And that may not, may not be unfolding. So I think your next best option then, if you're a Nebraska fan, is, well, you get the most talented quarterback you can find. And, and Dylan Raiola is one of the most talented quarterbacks in the country. Brandon Vogel's with us from Counter Read, counterread.com, at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Vogues, here's what I, I think. I think you're going to get Raiola. I think once Chubb is healthy enough to, to move on, I think he looks elsewhere. Uh, I think you still probably have Harburg. And I don't know. I don't quite know about Kalen. I would assume he'd go look at Michigan State. But I know Michigan State's got Childs following Jonathan Smith to, to, from Oregon State to Michigan State. And I know Michigan State's also bringing in another high school quarterback this weekend. So, you know, your chips are all in on Raiola, and it's been that from, from day one with, with Rule. I mean, that's who he's wanted as quarterback. He's really excited to land a guy like that, and the door's back open. But, you know, if I'm Nebraska, I, I'm with you. I'd, I'd, rather, I'd, like, a, I'd like an option – with experience to go to and you may not have that you may have to just write it out do you like nebraska's setup next year to support a would-be true freshman starter i.e what you got coming back on offense and what you have in the defense Uh, defensively definitely i mean getting isaac gifford back was probably about as big a move as Nebraska could have made in the transfer portal that they didn't have to go to the transfer portal to make, Um, you know, a a quarterback would be big. And that's, that's the other piece of this is Nebraska have enough offensively to, to support that. I can't say yes at this point, it's not a definite no, but you know, the, the McCord thing with, with Julian Fleming, the Ohio state wide receiver who was in town on at least one of the days that that McCord was here like they still have a need at, at wide receiver. And, you know, based on what we're seeing, what we're hearing, like it doesn't seem like there's another natural option for that. Who knows? Maybe Fleming still comes, um, though it seems a little bit less likely than it did a couple of days ago. So that's the piece of it. Like Nebraska is going to play good defense. Um, are they automatically going to play better defense than they did the year we just saw? You could make an argument for that, but I'm I've just I've done this enough to to not want to take that for granted. So you gotta you gotta make some improvements on offense. You gotta score more than 18 points a game. I mean, point blank. And can can you do that with a true freshman quarterback of the caliber of Dylan Rayola? Yeah, maybe. Um, you could do it by just avoiding avoiding turnovers to the level that you did, but. They didn't mean to turn all, turn the ball over all the times that they did this year. It's Brandon Vogel with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Brandon, to volleyball we go. I'm not sure if you've seen this yet. The Huskers getting a hell of a welcome in Tampa as they get off the bus and make their way into the stadium. It was thousands of fans there to greet them. Uh, attention, it turns to Pitt. 
Give me your thoughts on Pitt. Pitt, I think, is the underdog in this matchup, as they probably should be, but it's still a very dangerous team. What is it? I shouldn't say what's at stake tonight, but what is the matchup for Nebraska tonight? Where do you think they have an advantage, and where does this Pitt team worry you? Uh, I mean, Pitt's, Pitt's really well-rounded. I would agree with you. Nebraska, Nebraska's the favorite here. Pitt playing in the ACC, um, kind of... And, and as, a, as something as a, of a newcomer to this kind of elite group of college volleyball programs in the last, you know, five, six, seven years, um, doesn't come. They're a little bit like Washington in a college football playoff, I'd say, this year. You know, it's like Alabama. Yeah, it, it didn't look like the Alabama we've seen for much of the season, but like we know what that program is, right? Um, Michigan has been there uh, of late. So Pitt's kind of in that in that group. But statistically, like their numbers are are better than anybody's in the final four. Like in terms of uh, their own hitting percentage, which is ranked, I think, third nationally, opponent hitting percentage, they led the country. They're actually one spot ahead of Nebraska. Now, do you make a strength of schedule adjustment for the ACC? Sure. Um, but this is this is a really well rounded pit team. It's a it's a complete team that I expect's gonna gonna really push Nebraska. It's it's the best team they've they've faced in probably since playing Wisconsin um, and maybe minus the Badgers, the best team they've they've probably faced all year, depending on how you feel about Stanford. Vogues, hang on for us if you got a little overtime. If not, just shut the lights off on us. But I want to go a couple more minutes next segment if you're okay with that. Yep, I can do that. All right. Vogues will touch a little bit more on the Final Four, Husker Volleyball v. Pitt, and some closing thoughts from Vogues as well on this uh, sprint to signing day and uh, Riola Watch 2023. Hail Varsity continues. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. A few more minutes. Brandon Vogel with his thoughts on the Husker Volleyball Final Four and Nebraska's recruiting chase 2024 at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Counter Read, counterread.com is where you can find Brandon Vogel. Aaron Sorensen doing good stuff. So, Vogues, uh, as we look at this Nebraska volleyball team, we'll get back to recruiting the rap, but this team has done what for you as you've watched the beginning of the season, 92,000 Memorial Stadium to this point. What's a word that you would pick to describe this season and this squad with John Cook? So far, I would say singular, um, which is kind of the best, I think, compliment I can pay Nebraska volleyball because they're so good and they're so consistent that – you kind of start a bunch of these seasons and be like, well, yeah, you just kind of put them in the, you put them in the final four, right? Because that's what they do. They make the final four. They're going to be really good. And, you know, there's going to be some tough big 10 matches. They'll be, they'll test themselves in non-conference play. But this, you know, from starting the season, essentially with the big showcase at, at Memorial stadium to, you know, a huge road win over Stanford to, finally snapping a long losing streak against Wisconsin and doing this with, with a pretty young team. Um, it, it stands out in a very, very crowded field of also excellent Nebraska volleyball teams. And, you know, I think the, you get to this stage in the tournament and, and anything can happen in these, these matches. So I'm trying to keep myself from being like, well, they got to win the title to like cement that, um, 
though that's probably how I'll feel in the immediate aftermath if Nebraska falls a little bit short. Um, but I think with more time to pass, like this, this has been a very, very fun and enjoyable Nebraska team to just watch. Um, and, and, and most Nebraska volleyball teams are, it stands out for that reason. Brandon, does it not feel like to you, like the most fitting way for this volleyball season to end, not just for Nebraska, but for the sport as a whole is Nebraska versus Wisconsin in the title match that, that feels like, I don't want to call it inevitable because there's a lot that needs to happen. Texas, a great squad this year, Pitt, a very, very good team this year, but that is the matchup that it feels like this season deserves to have at the end. It, it would be it would be massive, and I think you know, um, unless you're a Pitt or Texas fan, if you're just a fan of volleyball in general, with that match moving to Sunday afternoon, you know, high profile slot, which women's sports have have, you know, over recent years, but over a long period of time, have have been building towards and, and more than earned. Like, it wouldn't get any bigger than than a rubber match between Nebraska and Wisconsin. Um, so fingers crossed, fingers crossed for, for volleyball, just the sport in general that, that will get that. Vogues to wrap with you. And thanks again for the time. Uh, we, we mentioned just in your words, perfect singular with this Nebraska volleyball team. It's similar to getting the, the right five-star quarterback, what it can do to flip a program, flip a team. There's not many out there that, that are as good as advertised. And from a skill standpoint, Raiola looks like that if, if everything translates. Let's fast forward to Wednesday. Do you think, do you think Dylan brings some Louie with him? <laughs> uh, brings some, some of that, that, that talent that he's tight with and, and makes a, a really fun class uh, even bigger and better uh, that they, they want to come play football with them? Or do you think it's too little too late? And I'm talking Wingo and Baker specifically. I, no, I mean, I think it's, I think it's possible. The, the big question is just the numbers, which are with the transfer portal and the COVID years and NIL scholarships. Uh, like it's almost impossible to, to even try and keep track of. So that would be the biggest, I think, uh, the biggest hurdle to to clear i mean we saw a guy this week in in jackson lee like i don't know this for a fact but let's call it what it is like it seems like he kind of got processed like i don't think he flipped from nebraska to tulsa um it's just the way it is unfortunately um so that's how much of that is nebraska willing to do how much of that is able to do it's it's hard to say but you know i think as, as we've we've talked about and I think outlined pretty clearly, like Raiola is like all chips are 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 on that number at the moment for for the next couple of days. And if you get anything beyond that, um, consider it a bonus as we head towards early siding period next week. Love it. Vogues, tell folks about Kyle to read how they can uh, get a hold of you and get subscribed. Yep, you can visit us at counterread.com. It's a twice-weekly newsletter from myself and Aaron Sorensen. Uh, Aaron had a great story today on on Becca Alec and just kind of how hard she took last year's loss as a freshman, which is interesting, but also, like, she had some amazing quotes Becca did in this, this story about just the value of, like, being a team 
Um, so I would encourage everybody to check that out and read it. We are running a discount for as long as Nebraska is alive in the, the NCAA tournament. Um, so depending on how you feel about tonight, uh, get there now. Uh, but you can get 20% off an annual subscription. Check us out and uh, try to keep it pretty simple. Two good things that you hopefully want to read a week. That is outstanding. Brandon Vogel at Brandon L. Vogel, counterread.com. Vogels will check in uh, Saturday with the weekend edition. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. You too. Appreciate it. Vogues is, he'll probably pop some popcorn. He might have some, some brisket uh, in his smoker, and, and he'll be hunkering down for volleyball. Uh, in hour two, we'll hear from Nebraska assistant, longtime Nebraska assistant Ron Brown. To kick off hour two, I think, and, and we've got so many awesome comments. We've got hundreds and hundreds of comments in the stream. You can always submit your thoughts, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. But And I'll pull this comment up if I can find it. I'm scrolling through. But it really gets down to the dude factor. All right? Let's get into that next hour uh, before we talk with Ron Brown. The dude factor uh, that, that Dylan Raiola's bringing. Is, is the guy a dude or not, right? The, the, the reality that um, a dude can, can elevate a football program and offense. We'll hit on that in a little bit. Uh, our conversation with Gary Barnett uh, we'll put up on uh, some of our social channels as well. So uh, he has some really good insight on <laughs> what coaches are going through right now when it comes to the portal, when it comes to uh, playing a true freshman quarterback, trying to have a room coexist with a couple of five stars. I mean, Nebraska was uh, at one point in that predicament, or you thought they may be in that predicament to start the week. But it wasn't to be when we talked McCord. And Elijah, we'll wrap this hour with what the future holds for Danny Kalen. Uh, you know, what's possible still for Nebraska to keep him in the class? What is, is it possible? Yeah, is, 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 it, yeah is it possible? Uh, I mean, the, the, the scholarship's there in a really paper-thin uh, room of availability. You just don't have the availability. Every scholarship you have for 2024 counts because of what Vogue's talked on, the COVID reality and uh, the fact you're in a numbers crunch. you got to get down 20 spots for uh, scholarship. Now, there, but, but the there are ways with, to manage. The bigger question with Kalen Mahmoud is can you burn a dude twice and, and still expect to keep him in a class? That's what Nebraska's done. They've burned him twice the first time around off to Mizzou. You come back to him, and now you burn him again a week before early signing day. I, I You know, and I, I think burns strong. <laughs> I think um, numbers happen, and uh, we'll dive into that. Hail Varsity, winding down hour one, presented by Cornhead Lager. Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hail Varsity Radio. Back to you one final time this hour. Hail Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager. I think uh, uh, pregame volleyball coverage is going to start on 590, so catch JB and Lauren there. You want to keep uh, talking football with us? We're here on the stream, Hail Varsity YouTube channel. Hail Varsity Radio, Twitter at HVarsity Radio. Give Elijah a follow at Herbal Essence. Uh, Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio. Reminder to get you buckled up. Uh, driving is a full-time job. Phones, food, and friends need your attention 
when you're not driving. Stop the distractions. Just drive a message from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. Let's talk Danny Kalen. So his weekend looks like what? It looks like a trip to East Lansing. Elijah and I previewed that trip. Uh, glorious time in East Lansing, aside from three and a half hours Saturday afternoon or morning. That kickoff and that loss was a little tough to take for Nebraska, specifically with the phantom catch in the end zone. But I whine. Uh, in all reality, Daddy Kalen, this will be his third trip to Michigan State. Uh, visited a couple of times, I think, uh, early in his high school career. Checked him out. Checked him out last year and is headed back that way. Jonathan, Jonathan Smith is a guy who's done well with quarterbacks. Uh, when he was at Washington, did really well at Oregon State with his quarterbacks, did well with DJ Ugalele, uh, and, and now he's in the portal. Childs was his big-time get um, as a uh, four-star that has now followed him to Michigan State. That's where he's landed. So Daddy Kalen is walking into a room with the quarterback who's followed his coach to Michigan State. There's another high school prospect there. Everyone else has pretty much defected from Michigan State that was on campus under the Mel Tucker regime. So it really is up to to Danny Kalen. Uh, If Michigan State feels like a fit, do you want to go away from home? Do you want to take Nebraska up on still having a spot in the quarterback room with a Dylan Riola uh, and a Chubba Pretty right now in a situation that's you know been unique uh to put it nicely uh harrowing to probably be real uh where you're uh, a prospect they like a prospect they want but a prospect that you you've not been their top prospect in the quarterback board for 2024 they have been up front with you on that time will tell i hope danny kalen lands somewhere and has a hell of a good college football career be it lincoln be at East Lansing or somewhere in between, wherever he wants to go. The kid can flat out play football, and he's he's mature beyond his years because he's handled all of this like a man. It's, it's, it's true. It's true. But you have to be a big, big man. As I said earlier, yeah. I'm willing to call it burned twice. He's been burned twice by a situation. I don't blame Nebraska and their staff for seeing the top quarterback in the country and understanding you have a chance at him. That's it, it's business. It, it comes down to wins and losses in college football, mm-hmm. and you have to be a, a a big person to be able to accept that fact. Despite the fact that this this is a team and a coaching staff that has probably hurt your feelings twice, doesn't mean they're bad guys for doing so, mm-hmm. but they burned you twice. So what does the dude factor do? What are the expectations like if you're a Nebraska football fan with a true freshman at quarterback? We'll dive into that next on Hale Varsity. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back with you, Tower 2 at Tail Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Logger, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Our sit-down coming up here at 525 with longtime Nebraska assistant 
And uh, we'll take a look back at 2023 and the close to 2023 with Ron Brown. Coach Brown going to sit down with us here around 525. Excited to spend time with him and get his thoughts. Uh, always find the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and can catch the show as well, Hale Varsity Radio, the YouTube channel with Hale Varsity at H Varsity Radio. Give us a follow on the radio show Twitter at Herbal Essence for Elijah's Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio for me, Chris Schmidt. And a big thanks to Brandon Vogel for joining us. Good stuff all week with John Baylor, uh, Coach Barnett, and uh, his thoughts on uh, the quarterback situation, all that part of the podcast. So download that, check it out. Thanks for your viewership and input uh, all week long as well. And we love trying to get to as many stream comments as possible. Uh, A ton of you are in the stream. And uh, I referenced this last hour. Here's the uh, official comment, Lance. Thanks for chiming in. And Lance says this, Nebraska fans need to relax. I don't quite know how to do my best Aaron Rodgers. Maybe if I grow my hair long and put a stocking cap on, I can do more of an Aaron Rodgers. But Nebraska fans need to relax and break the losing mentality. He's a dude. We're in great hands. Still need to build depth, but I'm pumped. And that is Lance on the prospect of Dylan Raiola. He's in town tomorrow, and uh, we'll get the full red carpet treatment, you'd presume, and he knows Lincoln well, so does his papa bear, and that's a, a good thing. But, Elijah, the dude factor, the dude factor, we got into plan A versus plan B, and then also uh, we'll address some some murmurs about a, a, a Juco quarterback out there, Demas. We'll, we'll hit on that here before. Wide receiver. Wide receiver. Wide receiver. Forgive me. I, th- I thought he was a wide out, mm-hmm. high-profile wide out. But we'll get there on Demas in a little bit. But, but Lance, thanks for, for, for your comments. And th- that is the difference, right? Is, is the guy a dude or is he the dude? And more times than not, you have the dude ability. If you're a five-star, uh, you, you're a dude. If you're able to play and get recruited at this level, you're, you're a hell of an athlete. You're a good, good ball player. You've put the work in. You've got natural talent. All of it gives you an opportunity. What do you do with the opportunity? Well, the opportunity may exist moving forward, right? When we talk Nebraska football, year two, Matt Rule, a new big, bad Big Ten and a true freshman quarterback that has the tools to go win a foot, win a job at quarterback. And if if we look at the dude factor being the dude and uh, Dylan Raiola, uh, part of what he can do is elevate an offense that was hard to take and hard to watch. Okay, uh, through no fault of their own, they just turned the football over. Too many times, there was too much inconsistency at quarterback. There was missed opportunities throwing the football. And I'm sure if you got down to it, you'd like to be better at running the football. All that is possible. The offensive line that's set to return can be another year better and uh, another year more refined in running the football. What do you have running the football behind you? That is going to be addressed as well with guys coming back from injury on top of another year with Emmett Johnson. Uh, so there's that on top of uh, Quentin Ives. Uh, what you have at running back is important too. So it's it's not just 
be uh, be Robert Plant to to throw out a great classic rock reference. Uh, Robert Plant had some some Zeppelin around him. <laughs> Okay. Get some John Bonham around. <laughs> he had Bonham. He had uh, John Paul. He had, uh, of course, um, um, why am I having a, a senior moment right now? Forgive me. Um, you know, Jimmy, you know, uh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Page, duh, right? Page and the, the old-time uh, solo uh, on Stairway. So what, what I'm getting at here is, you know, we, we, time will tell if, if there's enough of a jump with the supporting cast around a guy like Dylan Raiola. We're all hitting light speed jumping and saying, all right, he's the starter. But but five stars don't want to come in and sit. Some do because they're not ready. You have the probability of a guy like Dylan Raiola that can come in and, and he's, he's light years ahead of what you have and where most quarterbacks are at. You put all that together – and, and you can contend for a good spot in the Big Ten, and you can make this offense be better than what it's been. To your point earlier in hour one, can it be a touchdown better? Can it be 10 points better? Can you just be better at holding on to the football? I mean, all those things are possible with Raiola, and uh, just from a, a seasoning standpoint, you, you may not find a better high school quarterback out there right now when it comes to training and just ability you just you may not he may just have the goods naturally and then you, you, you sprinkle in all the, um, the the mentoring that he's been around at the quarterback spot that combination makes it very attractive and that makes him not a dude but the dude that gives you a, a better shot than most if you lean on a true freshman quarterback going into next season I mean think about high school quarterbacks that grew up with NFL tutelage. You think of just kind of the Manning family mm-hmm. as a whole. That's one. Peyton, Eli, Eli. Arch. Both, both. All, all of oh. them had NFL quarterbacks in the family that they grew up learning from. And then who else? Well, <laughs> USC fans don't want to hear the name. <laughs> Marinovich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's that's essentially who you're looking at here. You, well, no. <laughs> hey, <laughs> let's, let's, let's not act you, like Marinovich wasn't a great college quarterback. He was good for a year. Now he lives in a bus by the beach. That has a great thirty for thirty. Uh huh. That's that's a story. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm glad that Toddy's still alive and still with us. I'm glad that Todd's fighting the good fight against substance abuse. We hope. But no, I mean, Raiola's a. Uh, a can't-miss prospect. I mean, you've got the who's who of college football doing more than just pumping up for the sake of pumping up. He's really impressed. It's, the best way to put this, though, it is, it is rare to have a high school quarterback that has the physical traits that match up with the tutelage throughout their entire lifetime. That, that's what I'm trying to get at here. I'm not trying to compare Dylan Raiola to the Mannings or Marinovich or any other quarterback for that matter. Dylan Raiola is Dylan Raiola. But the, the simple fact of the matter is it is rare to find a quarterback that is 17, 18 years old that has had the kind of mentoring that Dylan Raiola has had for years. Now, whenever it was determined this kid's going to be a quarterback and he's going to be a high-level quarterback, he got the best of the best in terms of training, in terms of those that were mentoring him, in terms of those that were getting him ready for the next level. That's what we're talking about here. 
there have been great, great, great quarterbacks to come out of high school through recent years. That's what makes Dylan Raiola different. And I'm not saying that is going to be a surefire slam dunk. This guy is going to be ready to lead an offense as a freshman. I'm not saying that. But I think it does give him a leg up on gives his you a better peers. shot. It gives him a leg up on his peers in that regard that, you know what? If, if things don't go great for you during spring football, if that transition is difficult for you, you can turn to guys like Matt Stafford and John Kitna and Riola and, hey, Patrick Mahomes' quarterback coach, Jeff Christensen. These are guys that you can turn to to get advice whenever things don't go your way as a freshman. I can guarantee you, for any freshman across the country, I don't care how highly touted you are to high school, it's not going to be a seamless transition to college. There's going to be difficulties. But he has a support system and a, a team behind him and a group of mentors that sets him apart from other high school quarterbacks. And I don't mean to talk the kid up too much because, again, he is just an 18-year-old kid. But there is a different nature to Dylan Ryle because of that. Let's go to the phones. Who's on the Paul line? Paul in Lincoln's. All right. on Paul, thanks for hanging in. Go for it. Hey, guys. Uh, I don't mean to be Donnie Donner, but Rayola was committed to Ohio State. Great situation, and then suddenly he backs out of that. And then he was committed for some time here for uh, Georgia, and then for some reason he pulls out back from that. Uh, those are huge red flags for me. Uh, do we ever have an explanation as to what the heck happened as to why he decommitted both times? Well, I'm just going to throw a comparison at you. Did you ever question Adrian Martinez's loyalty? He was committed to Cal and then decommitted and t- committed to Tennessee, then decommitted and commits to Nebraska. 16 to 18-year-old kids are going to change their mind. That happens, and I understand where you're coming from. And sure, the, the concern could be a reality, but on the flip side of things, I didn't question Adrian Martinez's loyalty to the Husker football program. And you can say he transferred to Kansas State at the end of his career, but we can all see from the outside looking in now in oh, hindsight, yeah. that was the correct decision for him mm-hmm. to go off to Kansas State. But while Adrian Martinez was at Nebraska, I never questioned his loyalty. So I'm not going to sit here and say because a 16 to 18-year-old mind, our 16 to 18-year-old had a, a difficult time making up his mind that that is a death blow that we can't trust this kid. I kind of get that. Uh, I agree with that on some levels. Uh, I just re- wish we had a great explanation as to why. You hear the rumor mill of this, that, and everything else, but it'd, li- it'd be nice to know something concrete. Well, I'll say it. I'll say this. My my concrete tells me, or my radar tells me, that what was wh- why did let's ask the question why he came back to Nebraska. To me. Uh, if I'm Raiola and I'm coming back to Nebraska, yeah, I've got the, the lineage and the legacy and all that stuff, but I think there's probably been a lot of attention paid to Nebraska. And the first time they, they met Matt Rule uh, and what he talked about and what he represented is probably what they saw game days or, you know, with, with Dom probably reaching out to people around the program, is this dude authentic or not? Uh, and and rule, at least on his face, to me seems to to do what he says and says what he does. Uh, I don't know that that's always the case at Ohio State. I don't know that that's always the case at Georgia. I'm not at either place, but you've had a lot of uh, turnstile. I mean, you have Ohio State quarterbacks transferring quite a bit. Georgia seems to to process through quarterbacks quite a bit, and other high level, high star talent. So. Uh, yeah, the talent level is a little different at both spots. That being said, um, you know, maybe they just took a long, harder look at Nebraska and said, 
this seems like the best fit because of who's leading the program. Yeah, there's no question. There's a lot of positives from Nebraska, a lot of, I would call it good wholesomeness, for lack of a better uh, characterization. Uh, but it just, I'm just so worried about it. Well, don't don't worry about it. I mean, look. I don't want to say don't worry about it. Well, the kid committed as a sophomore and then as a junior, okay? Sure. In in high school versus his senior year. Uh, And I don't want to say don't worry about it because I understand why there is concern there, but I am not putting a great deal of stock into a kid between the age of 16 and 18 changing his mind or struggling to make up his mind because lord knows i didn't know what the hell i wanted to do with my life when i was 16 i didn't know where i wanted to go to college Heck, I was 17. you still don't know <laughs> it's true i still have a lot of life ahead of me that's very true paul thanks for the phone call appreciate thanks, it guys. yep 489-1240 to get in here uh let's talk demas high level wide receiver originally from the state of texas he's been at juco uh, he's been playing at, I believe, Garden City. Yeah, Garden College. City. And there's a lot of JUCOs down in the uh, state of Kansas that have talent there. Listen, there's been some smoke about him visiting and this weekend. The he talent is, with Demas is undeniable. Sure. Uh, the track record of Demas uh, is somewhat problematic. If you dig into it, that's all we'll say. And I don't know that he's visiting this weekend. There's been differing reports and some with the transcript, some with behavior. Either way, I would be surprised if he's on campus tomorrow. And we have a, a report from 24-7 that he will not be on okay. campus. And, and it really seems like the only report we got that he was going to be on campus came from Demas himself on Instagram. It was never officially confirmed by anyone from Nebraska, as far as I can tell. And now it sounds like he will not be in town. So I'm not sure if there ever was a visit that was lined up, whether he was trying to make some weird power play. But sounds like he had issues with grades and i don't want to dive too far into that and just character issues as well he never seemed like a fit for nebraska the more we learned about demas no absolutely 489-1240 can email chris at hailvarsity.com and uh also uh, elijah give that to me again is it elijah at heard at elijah at heard i always yes. add heard at sports to that but it's uh there's also some thoughts here is is arch in the portal <laughs> Uh, uh, for, for Texas, that's also the uh, the the buzz in the stream right now. And I feel that's that's a brutal situation for him because because uh, I mean, dude, you're you're Quinn Ewers and you've it, taken the team to the promised land, it, and you are going to be the presumptive backup now for the college football playoff. But in order to find your next landing spot, you'd have to enter the portal before the college football playoff. That's a rough, rough situation for him, not knowing whether or not Quinn Ewers is going to be back next season. Tough situation for Arch Manning to be in, but that's the kind of riches that Texas has right now within their program. Mm-hmm. They do. And listen, uh, they are in the, uh, the center of one of the best states, if not the best state, to, to go get high school talent. Texas. And uh, you, you're fortunate that you have two. Uh, Nebraska right now, it looks like, has won for the weekend. Dylan Riola. What's this season been like? The ups and downs, the adjustments, the portal era, the finish line of recruiting 2024. Former Nebraska assistant Ron Brown, he'll be with us next. It's Hale Varsity powered by Cornhead Lager. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
Back into it. It's Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Cornhead Lager. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, uh, one of our favorites as we talk Nebraska football. Longtime coach at Nebraska, Ron Brown, with this director of player support and outreach, also part of the uh, analyst team with Nebraska. Coach, how you feeling, man? Signing day, that finish line uh, is, well, might be with inside anyway. How are you? I'm doing good, Schmitty. Uh, just as you mentioned your name, uh, Elijah and, and yourself, Schmitty, I thought, you know, that sounds like a good recruit. Elijah Schmitty. <laughs> sounds like a really, sounds like a five-star man to me. Right? I, I think it sounds like a guy that have two left feet and would be generally unathletic, <laughs> but a heady guy, a guy that plays the game the right way. Uh. Well, we could go, we could go the Dane Todd route, which, which we always felt like Dane Todd, our former fullback, present doctor, uh, could go Todd Dane or Dane Todd, but it's really Dane Todd. We could go Schmitty Elijah. That's not a bad name either. I, I have I have yet to find anyone on earth that has the first name of Schmidt, but I'll I'll keep looking. <laughs> but yeah, as Elijah touched on, Elijah was the uh, the, the high school standout at, at Lincoln Southeast, starting left tackle for for two years. As yeah. I learned this morning, could throw up three hundred on the the old bench press under just a little just under. under. I meanwhile, I was disappointed I could never get there. I meanwhile turned to my my asthma inhaler three hundred times during Pee Wee football practice. So. <laughs> Uh, but I appreciate it. It all comes out in the wash, Mitty. You're both sitting behind the desk now doing the same thing. So it's all cool. Yeah, talking about it. <laughs> like it. Coach, how how was the year? I want to touch base with you on just this this year one under under Coach Rule. Just the experience, the joys, the the ups, the the downs. Just kind of lay it out for for Husker Nation. How how the 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 experience was man you've you've been a part of nebraska football uh and i you know for four decades plus and you've seen different staffs and this uh this group this staff this this team brought a lot of fight to 2023 yeah i really enjoyed them and you know i don't think you really begin to appreciate the sport and this process until you really look past uh Oh, I've been here a long time, and I've been doing this for a long time. You know, this is my 30th year here at Nebraska. But I think you lose something when you start looking at things in clumps. Mm-hmm. But when you look at people individually, when you look at staffs individually, when you start, uh, when you're still in the mode of always learning, and I'm always pulling out my pad and my my pen, old-fashioned, old-school, pen and pad, and I'm writing things down, I hear Coach Rule say, uh, I'm, I'm observing the staff, the youth uh, of the staff, but also the, you know, the relatively extensive experience for a youthful group that the staffs had, the, the places they've been, et cetera. And I'm still learning a lot, and it, intrig- it, it intrigues me. I had a lot of fun, just to say it uh, as briefly as I can. I, I had a lot of fun this year learning and growing. There were some ups and downs. Um, you know, the, the, the wins and losses, the way we lost, uh, sometimes it was exciting, sometimes it was a downer, uh, but, but I'm still learning, I'm still growing, and I'm um, trying to breathe uh, counsel into others, but also breathing in counsel from others. So I thank God for the wisdom that I keep learning and uh, the role that I have. Uh, I've really enjoyed Coach Rule. Uh, he, he and I, uh, I thought, really – I really felt like I hit it off really well with him in terms of uh, what I mean by that is I, I'm getting to know him. 
mm-hmm. and the the time that we spent together, I really appreciate it. So, yeah, it was a it was a great year, and I'm looking forward to much more, and I think we've taken a great approach uh, for the future. Ron Brown with us here on Hale Varsity. Coach, you, you touched on getting to know Matt Rule. I think that is a major emphasis for just from the outside looking in and just to you know, sit down with him in media days. But I think that's a, a monster strength, just being able to communicate but but get to know he it sounds like it looks like he makes an effort to know his entire football team yeah he's definitely a gregarious man and 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 he's he's able to put his arm around people and connect and uh he's able to cry with players and coaches he's able to laugh um he can talk about a variety of uh subjects he's a very he's extremely well-rounded football coach in terms of not only the ability to be a CEO and to direct an organization, but he's coached about every position on the field. So he has something to say about each position uh, through experience and drills and techniques and and mindset and, and all of that. He comes from a program, you know, when, when I, back here in the 90s, the years we were winning national championships, uh, he was playing at Penn State in the mid-90s, and um, I know just from being around that program a lot, I used to work their camps and um, almost went to work myself for Joe Paterno uh, years ago, decided to stay here, but uh, Joe Paterno ran a, a ship that was very similar to Nebraska. You know, they, they valued hard work. They were an extremely aggressive, tenacious, tough team. Uh, they battled you to the end. They, they appreciated the walk-ons. Uh, they they had a great strength and development program. You know, all those kinds of things, extremely well coached. They had an older coaching staff, a staff that stayed with them uh, a long time. Uh, they were perennial uh, uh, top ten contenders every year. So he comes from that, that physical style football where fundamentals and foundation, um, morals and character uh, are of high value. So, so I appreciate that about him. But I also like the one-on-one time that I had with him. You know, he and I involved in Bible study together each week um, and uh, a lot of good conversations about football during the course of the year, each week, each day. Uh, so it was enjoyable for me. And, uh, and, and I think what I really admired about him the most, uh, as much as anything, is his um, willingness to get Coach Osborne over here and to spend some time with Coach Osborne still wanting to grow, still wanting to learn, and uh, the humility and the modesty that he extended to Coach Osborne to to sit and, and learn from uh, arguably the greatest coach that's ever coached, Tom Osborne, uh, at least to date. It's Coach Ron Brown with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Coach, I think the, the closest thing to an inside look that Husker fans got this year was the Rewind series that came out every single week. The pregame speeches and the week of preparation kind of highlighted in a, on a week-to-week basis. Do you get a chance to see any of those? Is that an, an accurate representation of what you saw around the program? I'm, I'm a technical nightmare, so I don't watch <laughs> any of that stuff. I mean, I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about, to be honest with you. <laughs> no offense. No, I really, I really don't get to, to hear those things on the on the all the all the little things that go on, uh, but I'm in the locker room, so I hear the messages, and maybe that's what you talk about. What I hear live, 
what's said to the team. Um, and, uh, and I take a ton of notes. Um, and I always look forward to Coach Rule addressing the team because uh, there's, some, there's nuggets in there. There's things that you can, you can take and uh, take to the bank with you. So, you know, I think maybe an analogy that I would have for our team this year and how he presented himself to, to our football team, I would say, again, it's an old analogy, but, you know, you can, you can give a man a fish or you can teach a man to fish. And I think that he did the, the, the latter with us. Um, I think he was more concerned about not just did we get a win, but are we learning how to win. And that's going to be more important down the hall than any, anything. You know, Coach Osborne was like that. He was very much concerned about did we do the processes of what it takes to be a winner, not just to get a win here and there, but, but to learn how to win. And uh, that's what I appreciate about Matt Rule this year. Ron Brown, a few minutes with us at Tail Varsity Radio, recapping a bit of 2023 as uh, signing day looms, and it's also portal season. And, Coach, I, I want to look at just how injured the offense was, and it, and it didn't matter. Nebraska was still in every game. And speak to the, the development, the prep that went in, uh, not just on the offensive line or – or the wideouts, but but quarterback and Nebraska had some certain skill sets that that were better fits for some of the players. And I'm looking at quarterback and Nebraska's willingness to implement some option and use a guy like Harburg's legs for five wins this season, or get a guy like Chuba ready uh, for the, those final three games. And you know, uh, a lot of teams take uh, take hits injury wise, and they're not the same. Nebraska. Still was uh, right down to the the end of the fourth quarter in in all those contests. Yeah, injuries are tough to deal with, obviously. Um, but I think what really uh, helped us this year was the way Coach Rule structured practice um, enabled us, even with these injuries, to get repetitions to the younger players the backup players that started off at the beginning of the year. A guy like, for example, Emma Johnson got a lot of repetitions uh, early in the fall camp and uh, through the spring because of the way Coach Rule structured the practices. And so there was very little guy, very little, uh, little uh, you, you didn't see very much uh, guys just standing around on the sideline. Most everybody was getting a lot of reps, which was one of the old school things that we did back in the 90s we had all our players involved. I mean, it was constant movement. Everybody was was involved repetitiously throughout the uh, practice session, and that's really important, you know, because not only on offense did we have some key injuries, but you know, our safeties. We had two two uh, starting safeties that were out for a good portion of the season um, on defense, and we had a I thought an, an exciting year on defense. Our, our defense played really well. Um, in, in spite of the, the injuries at key positions, um, because of the repetitions that our players are getting on both sides of the football, uh, it enabled us to stay in, in the games. Um, granted, you know, we, we, uh, we, we didn't always um, play with just the maps, you know, just the great discipline all the time. There were times we put the ball on the ground too much. There were times that we had untimely uh, things that took place. Mm-hmm. 
uh, certain situations that were reminiscent of of even years prior to Coach Rule coming in. But again, there, there was sometimes it takes a while to get all that stuff out of your system. Uh, I think just by our players playing more in practice and being more situationally oriented during the practice sessions as well, and going through these games, uh, we've gotten a head start on uh, a new and improved Big Ten. And as much as you didn't think that the Big Ten could improve, <laughs> uh, it's, it's going to get even better, I think, with, uh, with all the new talent coming in as well. Quick timeout. More with Ron Brown. Hale Varsity continues powered by Cornhead Lager. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Ron Brown, a few minutes with us. It's Hale Varsity Radio recapping a bit of 2023. You mentioned the defense, and, man, the, the D was fast. It was physical. It hit, and uh, guys were ready uh, for those moments. The defense did, did great work a lot of this season. Yeah, they did. And, uh, again, they, they moved around a lot. I think uh, Coach White did a great job of, you know, uh, not always looking the exact same all the time. You know, there were different looks. Um, our players bought in. They played with uh, a lot of, uh, I think, reckless abandon. You know, more people showing up to the party on defense. Uh, less individual tackling, more gang tackling. Um, you know, it. Uh, I'm sure, you know, these defensive coaches would tell you that, oh, we could have done some better at this, that, and the other. But we did make uh, quite a bit of improvement. Uh, we were in ball games. Um, for just about every game because of our defense, um, just being able to uh, not only hold up, but you know, particularly as the season went on, making, making plays uh, as well and turning the ball over. So uh, it was all good. And, and, yeah, there were a lot of people that questioned you know, the structure of the defense coming in because it seemed new, and people wondered. And you hear, anytime you hear three, the number three <laughs> on defense, you wonder, oh, in the Big Ten, all these big big groups of players, you know, a number of multiple tight ends and big offensive linemen, you start to think, uh-oh, that, that doesn't sound good. It sounds pretty sparse back there. Uh, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't look like the middle of the defense is going to hold up. Um, but our guys played with reckless abandon, and uh, our upfront people went through some injuries as well. We had young guys come in, and, and I thought uh, Terrence did a great job with those defensive linemen too, some of those young guys. Um, but all of them, Coop in the secondary, uh, Rob with the linebackers, um, uh, Tony, uh, you know, calling calling the defense. I, I thought they did a great job on defense, and they had their share of injuries as well. Ron Brown's with us. Coach, you, you talked about the Big Ten. No divisions anymore, but you have SC and UCLA and Washington who's in the playoff, and, and of course Oregon was on that doorstep, and it's already a rugged league in the West. You've got your your East stalwarts in Ohio State, Penn State, uh, of course, and yeah, there's Michigan that's really, really good. So uh, talk to me about life in the Big Ten in, in 2024. Well, you know, it, it, honestly, it's, it's, in my opinion, been the best coach conference in college football. Um, and I know not everybody would like to hear that or necessarily agree with it, but it, it is really well coached. I mean, the A gap is handled. The B gap is handled. The C gap is handled. You don't see a lot of blown coverages. 
You don't just see guys running wide open down the field. You have to work for everything you get in this conference. I know just from being an offensive coach in this conference, it's never been easy. And now you add the skill level um, and the physicality of some of these teams. Don't think for one minute that Washington, for example, isn't a physical football team or Oregon you know, or, mm-hmm. or UCLA, USC. Uh, the, the, these teams are uh, they're not uh, pushovers. We used to think, you know, oh, we'll go play Miami in the Orange Bowl back in the day in the 90s, and they're just all about speed. Well, we got there, we played in those games, we realized they weren't just about speed. They were physical. And oftentimes, teams who are fast tend to be physical. Not always, um, but, but you, you, you'll see that the physics are greater. Physics are, are, are at, at its highest, we know, when, when speed is involved. So just getting people to the party, people showing up, some of the things that I hear uh, about some of these teams, what they do in the offseason with uh, athleticism and, and so forth. Uh, you watch these teams on TV, the little bit that I've seen on television of these teams. And they, they look like they'll fit in this conference uh, very well. Uh, and it won't just be on speed and athleticism. They'll be able to bang with you as well. Coach, we're in one of the busiest times of the year for a lot of college football staffs. Is a lot of them gear up for bowl games. It's early signing day next week. The transfer portal is open. And uh, I just want to get your thoughts on the transfer portal as a whole and kind of how it's developed over the past couple of seasons. It's part of the, it's part of the chemistry now. And, uh, so my, my greatest hope, uh, and this is what I'll say, I'm not going to speak specifically on it and where we're at and where everybody's at with it. Um, this is just my thoughts. I always want our players and our coaches and myself to understand that uh, much of what's going to get accomplished in this world, no matter what you do, whether it's football or carpentry or if you're a house mom listening or whatever it is that you do, you're going to need resiliency. You're going to need the ability to hang in there um, when it gets tough. And there's two tests that you're always going to have to pass. One is the test of adversity, and two is the test of prosperity. Because if you cannot handle adversity, in other words, if, if somebody says, hey, Ron Brown, if I knock you out of that chair that you're sitting in right now, that's, that's on me, that's my, that's my, that's my fault. But if I come back here tomorrow, Ron Brown, and you're still laying on the floor, that's on you. That's your fault, bro. you got to get up. You have to be able to pass the test of adversity. You have to be able to have enough resilience to bounce back when your world gets crushed, when it doesn't go well for you individually, when maybe you're not starting, and and maybe uh, you you didn't get enough wins, or people are breathing down your back, the media, the social media, everybody's breathing down your back. You've got to be able to be strong in your own skin, inside out. But the second test also, prosperity, is, is look, you can't just strut around and be too cool for school because a couple of good things happen to you. You have to keep fighting and battling and maximizing your talent. And so you have to humbly approach prosperity. And teams that, that you know, there are some teams that never seem to lose against teams that they're supposed to win. And it's because they're not beating themselves with, you know, hey, I can kind of ease up now because we're ahead in the score. 
well, we had a great game last week, or the fans are adoring me, or this, that, or the other. Uh, so uh, being able to pass those two tests, adversity, prosperity, I don't care what kind of world we live in, if it's the, tra- uh, the transfer portal world or the, uh, the NIL world or this world or that world, all that stuff's going to float around, come in and out. But you better be heavy on the truth of adversity and prosperity. If a man can't handle that, um, then it doesn't matter how, what the structure is. Uh, he's going to have a difficult time. The grass is not always greener. There are times when you have to be a second teamer or a third teamer and learn how to fight back and bounce back. Some of those greatest comeback stories that we know um, are some of the most thrilling, most inspirational things in our life. And the things that we'll go back one day and look back historically on the greatest moments of our life won't be where it was just me trying to get my way all the time and bouncing from here to there to somewhere else to see where I'll land. Uh, and, and, and maybe I'll be the guy. It will be the fight crews. It will be the, the Brooke Berenger stories. And it will be uh, guys who have to fight back from things and um, uh, and and learn what it means to... to um, uh, to be circumstance-free, not circumstance-based. So that's that's my feeling on it. Uh, we can have whatever we want, transfer portal, NIL, but as long as those ingredients inside are at a premium, um, I think that's what's important. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Ron Brown with us, uh, Director of Player Support and Outreach with Nebraska, longtime coach with the Big Red and uh, part of the analyst team with uh, Nebraska. Coach, we'll end with this. You laid out uh, super important points with adversity and prosperity. Have you seen Coach Rule get the team ready with both of those, um, with, with, with both moments as uh, he moves forward into year two? Well, we certainly had personal examples of both moments this year. You know, we had a we had a, a cycle there where we won three in a row. We had a cycle there where we lost multiple games in a row. You know, we had our adversity. We had our prosperity. He got to talk about that a lot. He does a great job talking about it. I think he has keen insight on those kinds of things. And uh, I think just his growing up years in his home, um, uh, you know, dad was a pastor, and 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 he you could, and he was from New York City where. There's a lot of things happening in New York City, bouncing all over the place, and you have to be really a circumstance-free guy. I know that's originally where I'm from as well. But but he also, again, was in a program where he was raised in the football world with guys like Joe Paterno, um, guys who, uh, you know, who uh, forced you to say, look, um, you got to take this thing under the chin, and you're going to get challenged, and you're gonna, this is going to be some of the toughest moments in your athletic world. What are you going to do? You're going to just quit? You're going to just give up? And, and I'll say one last thing, and Coach Rule and I have talked about this, and I know he stresses this with the team, but there's nothing worse, guys, than a guy who quits before he quits. Follow me for a minute. You know, he doesn't quit the team, but he's quit inside. I'm not, I'm not saying that that was characteristic of a lot of guys on our football team, because I don't think it was, but I think he addressed that thing this year. And, you know, it's very easy when things don't go your way, particularly late in the fourth quarter, game after game after game, and it's very easy to start to quit before you quit. So 
something, as soon as something bad happens, it's like, uh-oh, here we go again. That, and that's, that, that, that demon haunts everybody in life, all of you, you guys, what you guys do. There's stumbling blocks along the way, places you can call them mental blocks, whatever you want to call them. Maybe it's uh, you're, you're benching, you're trying to get to the 300 bench press deal. You kind of were talking about that earlier, and for some reason, you're stuck on 295. And every time the word 300 comes up to you, there's a little gulp in your throat that says, oh, that's where I, I always fail. Well, you got we got to learn how to conquer those places. And we got to learn not to quit without quitting. Because you can show up and check the box that you were there. But if you've quit inside, internally, then you're just going to go through the motions and, and continually experience the frustration of that. So those are things that he, he addresses diligently throughout the year. That's why I'm confident that our football team is learning the process of how to win. Ron Brown with us. Coach, you have a great Christmas uh, and uh, holiday season. We'll get caught up again. Thanks for a few minutes talking some football with us. Merry Christmas, guys. God bless you. Thank you. Got to love catching up with Coach Ron Brown. Great insight on 2023. And, uh, of course, that... uh, that adversity and prosperity talking point. Could be a lot of prosperity in the world. A five-star for Nebraska this weekend as uh, Dylan Riola Day commences tomorrow uh, with his arrival at Nebraska. We'll be there to, to talk the recruiting weekend and much more. Nebraska Pitt shortly, and we'll be uh, back at you tomorrow with Hale Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager. Thanks for listening. A Huda Media Production.